Production support comes from Smithville Fiber, the GigaCity company, a philanthropic community partner since 1922 and proud supporter of numerous community organizations. More information at smithville.com. And School of Public Health Bloomington, public health reimagined, addressing 21st century health challenges with a multidisciplinary approach to disease prevention, health promotion, and enhancing quality of life publichealth.indiana.edu. From the Milton Metz studio in the radio TV building at Indiana University, welcome to Noon Edition. I'm Bob Zaltzberg from the Herald Times along with WFIU, WTIU News Bureau Chief Sarah Whitmire. And House Bill 1005 would eliminate roughly one-third of the townships in the state of Indiana. This week on Noon Edition, our panelists will discuss how this consolidation would affect Indiana's township system. You can follow us on Twitter at Noon Edition, or you can join us on the air by calling in at 812-855-0811 or toll-free at 1-877-285-9348. You can also send us questions for the show at news at indianapublicmedia.org. And you'll be talking with uh, with me and with Sarah and with our guests, Debbie Driscoll, who's the executive director of the Indiana Township Association, Frank Nierwicki, who's a clinical assistant professor at the IU School of Public and Environmental Affairs, and Roger Daniel, the Clay Township trustee in Owen County. So welcome to all of our guests. Thanks for being here with us. Thank, Thank you. you. Thank you. All right, I, th- I think I'm going to uh, – Frank, I think I'm going to go to Debbie and ask Debbie to, to describe what, what's in this bill and what, it, what would it do uh, to, to county government, township government uh, in the state of Indiana. Well, first of all, the, I guess the biggest part of the bill that's getting the most attention is small township consolidation. And it is designed to um, provide a, a pathway to merging for townships of a population of 1,200 or fewer. And then there are other provisions in the bill, as well as um, measures that we suggested for township reform. Um, For example, some caps on township board salaries and the ability for townships to appeal their maximum tax levy for township assistance in case they're having trouble meeting those needs. Um, the requirement that we develop a capital improvement plan if we have a high cash balance. And then one that I personally think is very important is it will empower a citizen that's denied township assistance application or ignored by the trustee to appeal the denial to the County Board of Commissioners. Okay, so all these things that that you've added to the bill, as I understand it, that your association is actually supporting this bill, correct? That's right. All right. If uh, I mean, with can you sort of break the bill down? I mean, the the pathway to merging townships is this sort of something you kind of hold your nose at in order to uh, to get the other things, or is it is it something you're really in favor of? Well. I would say it's something that we're really in favor of because we believe that it will bring longevity to township government and it will make us stronger. A lot of our smaller townships are having trouble being effective in providing services. Not all. Not all townships that are under the population level, but some have told us over the years that they just simply cannot provide adequate fire protection or township assistance because they have very little to work with as far as a tax levy. And when two townships or more merge, there's the ability to kind of do a reset and get the levy that you need in order to provide those necessary services. So Roger Daniels from Clay Township in in Owen County, and Roger, your township would not be involved in a merger, correct? No, it, it were 2,600. The mm-hmm. original number was 2,500, which we would have been close. Mm-hmm. And, and for example, we have at least three townships that's not even 50 over the 1,200 figure. Mm-hmm. So, you know, that is pretty close. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, so what do you think of this bill overall? 
I, I don't have a problem with most of the bill, and uh, there is some help in there that's trying to help some of the budgets, and that may be the important part. I have two problems. One, I do not want the township name removed from that township for a lot of reasons, called historical, if anything else. However, my part is the requirement. If the township doesn't want to join, merge, and they feel like it's not to their advantage, I'll, I'll let them make that decision. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's that's the biggest part. A lot of what's in there is uh, probably a good thing. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and, and there may be some opinions on that, but they're required doing it. And the name change, which is not mentioned in here, but I know that it can happen. Mm-hmm. Maybe, Frank, this is where you can jump in and just kind of explain how these townships work in Indiana and how this whole layer of government works in combination with commissioners. And Well, basically, the, the background on township government, not just in Indiana, but in the Midwest because of the Northwest Ordinance that was passed and how governments were set up. Um, back in the 1800s, uh, you didn't have a car to go to the county seat. You had a horse or you walked. So basically the idea was to have a local government where you could actually go to and actually talk and to, to someone and get back in the same day. Consequently, uh, over time, township governments in Indiana have changed. At one point they actually had a, uh, um, a school system uh, under their uh, control. The 1959 consolidation rule here in Indiana changed that and, and a lot of consolidations uh, occurred. Right now, there's 101,005 townships in the state of Indiana, and there's uh, a township trustee in each, mm-hmm. and there's a township advisory board of three in each. That's correct. So there's 4,000 elected officials. Mm-hmm. Wow. And how, how is it that they get the money to do what they do, and what exactly are their responsibilities? The, the background on, on the funding comes through the state. Um, Right now, and, and uh, Roger could probably tell more on this, is that, like they said, with uh, fire protection and, uh, and uh, uh, ambulance service is a big issue. Um, but they also do cemetery maintenance. We do cemetery. We're responsible, you know, for weed, some kind of weed control. And I am involved in the new Vacey plant program Good for all in county. If you so. need a, if you need an intern from SPE, I'm sure we could find one for you. <laughs> yep. But there's a lot of miscellaneous things that we can get involved. And of course, at one time, which he didn't mention, they done the assessing valuation mm-hmm. for tax purposes, which probably wasn't too consistent, or at least that's uh, the way I would have seen it. Mm-hmm. But uh, the fire protection is probably a big one for a lot of them. I know couple of three trustees that are fighting that and there's not a good answer yeah going back to the funding issue there's actually a formula from the state actually is is divvied up and comes down uh, through the system you have to go ahead and assess to have levies and some other issues and that's a very open process to actually have that um, uh, in 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 writing actually have public meetings on that Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm getting ready to reestablish my CUM funds t- because it deteriorates the way it's set up, and and that's a way of accumulating money. So my f- township fire department, when we get ready to buy the next truck, which probably will be in the next two to three years, mm-hmm. uh, we have some money in hand. Of course, it's very expensive equipment, um, a snorkel truck, which has the extension on the ladder in the water, could be a million dollars. Correct. Now, my experience in uh, Richland Township and Ellettsville here in Monroe County was the township supplied about half of the uh, funds for the Ellettsville Fire Department. So it's it, they're a major player. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And see, the trustees, when it comes to the fire department especially, can go through the borrowing process. I mean, there's a couple of different ways. Uh, it's you know, a fair amount of paperwork, and like he mentioned, there's got to be hearings. Your public's got to know about it. And, for example, some of them say, you're going to redo your CUM fund this year's election year. Mm-hmm. Hey, it's my job. It's part <laughs> of it, and, and so be it if it costs me an election. But so I, nobody's running against me so far. So. <laughs> mm-hmm. All right. Uh, our numbers today, if you want to talk to us about um, about 
township tra- townships and, and the possible uh, changes with township government in Indiana, give us a call at 812-855-0811 or toll free at 1-877-285-9348. You can also email us questions for the show at news at indianapublicmedia.org. And you can follow us on Twitter at Noon Edition. You know, I, I have to admit, I'm, you know, I'm a newspaper editor. I've written a lot of editorials and, and whatnot, and uh, most of them have suggested that, that township government probably is a, is a relic, a thing of the past. Uh, but having said that, um, I'm very aware that there are people who are smarter than me, like Eleanor Ostrom, who is a Nobel Prize winner, who believe that um, yep. Government is best served when it's closer to the people, and that that was sort of her her theme on government. So, I guess I'd like for each of you to sort of talk about, um, you know, how can we ensure that people are getting the best form of government if we do consolidate, or if we, you know, if the townships are in a position to provide that government now because they are divided so much with all those employees. And Debbie, that's kind of a broad question, but. Mm-hmm. From your perspective, could you talk about that? Well, I think that the the value of township government does rest in the services that we provide. And there is no other level of local government that is charged to oversee or take care of the poor and the needy. And that is historically something that has been at the feet of the townships. In fact, we were called the overseers of the poor when when um, townships first came into existence. And so with that said, um, should we be totally eliminated, it would require another level of government to create what I believe would be a bureaucracy because it would be a larger unit of government taking care of those folks. And I think it would lose the personal touch of a township trustee Um, who has the discretion to use common sense and make practical choices and decisions to meet the needs of the people. Mm -hmm. Roger, can you talk about using that common sense from time to time? Yeah, I think it's, uh, you know, you've you've got to do that. That's one of the things with township assistance. We're going to have a little more latitude to actually take care of the people. For example, most organizations that I might send one of my clients to uh, has salary or you know a wage barrier and we we somewhat look at that too but we can especially when there's a mother standing there with two children and it's zero out and the heat is going to be turned off and she may actually not meet a salary that you know makes good sense but you're going to help them at that time so like one lady that quoted to me when i first come in sometimes you have to use your heart and you know we've got guidance and we need to follow guidance and but sometimes we can go around that boundary and uh, and help that person and hopefully you know they won't need it again down the road and that that would be considered a very good help mm-hmm. debbie are the are the smaller townships uh well l- let me ask it this way i guess how would if the if this uh, bill goes through and there is some consolidation um, how will those decisions be made? It'll, just the township trustee and the larger townships will have more, you know, more population, more individuals to cover? That's correct. Um, we think that there might be some efficiencies that can be found and effectiveness in, or, in order to meet those needs. Um, I mentioned earlier that you could reset your levy or adjust your your tax levy to meet those needs since you'll be a new unit of government. And we're hoping that it'll be a fresh start for the new townships. And if I may go back to something that Roger mentioned, which is the name of the township, um, that did come up in conversations with trustees, and so we did work on an amendment last week Um, or actually earlier this week, um, to include the fact that in the merger agreement that there can be an agreement on the township name, and it could be a hyphenated name, so that that historical name is retained. Uh, I I support that. Mm -hmm. So how many townships in Owen County, Roger, would would fall under this? We have five that would definitely fall on it, and there's four that's very 
you know, within 50 of that number. Mm-hmm. And how many of them would be consolidated maybe into your county? Uh, probably none. Uh, I do have one to the west that falls in. Uh, it's just, in other words, it's just like seven over 1,200. Mm-hmm. And uh, so that, and that's the original part of the township I'm with. Mm-hmm. Uh, the township north is over 6,000. So uh, geographically, we have some small townships uh, which has surprised me on the square miles. Uh, we have several that are under 20. And see, mine is a perfect square, 36 square mile, and that seems to be the kind of the norm, but we have one at 47 and one at 45. So there's four townships across the north of the county that if you combine them into two, the population still wouldn't be excessive. And, uh, and and the area would not be much larger. That's that's the point. But you know, I, I like for them to make decision. And I will say, I've talked to the trustees on three of them, and they say, no, you got rid of my precinct. Now you wanted to get rid of my township. So, and they are very, they're very supportive of their area. They don't communicate across the township lines very well. We have a crime watch group that fights that a little bit, mm-hmm. and. Uh, and I don't, I don't have a problem. That's why historical part, they, I'd like to, you know, those people should have input. And uh, yeah, that's and, so fun. I mean, like for for your everyday resident, I wonder how many even are aware of the township they live in. So I think it's funny that you're talking about not even crossing the township lines. Cause you're very right. I get a phone call quite often, and one of the first things I do is try to find out where they live. And some of them live in Clay County. And they get it crossed with Clay Township, but uh, a lot of them do not, and they absolutely don't even know where they live, mm-hmm. and uh, and that's unfortunate. Frank, I wanted to ask you about you know from a historical perspective the um, how this um, is similar in some ways to when Indiana decided to consolidate school districts. And, and and you're talking about the name. I mean, I can remember names of schools that were hyphenated because they were two township. Jacksonville. Jackson Dell, yeah, yeah, right. There yeah. were three townships yeah. over in what county? Is it Bartholomew? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And some of them are still mad over that. Yeah. Well, the uh, well, part of this is that uh, I'm from Huntington, Indiana, from Huntington County, and Huntington Township, the only place in the United States where the county, the township, and the city is the same name. That's we have very little to talk about on that, but anyway. <laughs> That's uh, great. Yeah, but uh, there was 10 schools actually consolidated into one, and we – schools, when you talk with individuals about schools, that's a personal issue. And here in Indiana, we do have a, a state religion. It's called basketball. Mm-hmm. And when you take away a high school basketball team from someone, that's not a good thing to do. Mm-hmm. But what it was was a lot of these different uh, school corporations were so small, they actually couldn't provide the equipment and the knowledge background. For an example, here in in Monroe County, you have Lake Monroe that covers up a lot of three townships in the southeastern part of of the county. One only has 300 people, and then uh, there's a little notch in the in the in the county, and basically most of those people live south of the reservoir it's probably easier for them to go Seymour than to go to Bloomington. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I mean, if you're talking about only 300 people living in a township, I mean, couldn't one make the arguments? Do you have people out of those who have any interest at all? Well, in they rotate or? families. So you have 300 people. That doesn't – not all those people are eligible to vote. And, right. and then you may get three or four different families, and they just take turns. And do you want to be a township trustee this time? I'll be on the board this time. Well, it, it's difficult, I think, in a lot of areas, and, and Debbie will back me up on this. Uh, some of the counties have problem getting trustees, and especially board members. And uh, there seems to be a lack of interest, I think, in that they area. Sure do. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and that's unfortunate. It, it might a little sidebar uh, at one time there was seven schools within Clay Township and and one of the buildings one room schoolhouse is still in the township ownership and it is on the fire department grounds so I do have a one room schoolhouse and it is heated and bathrooms yeah it, I want just based on what you all are saying I mean are these people who then are running are they qualified to be leading a township well 
Debbie will back me up on this. I think the ITA is trying to work a little bit on that. Started some uh, a certification program. For example, I took the course on township assistant, and uh, and I think uh, Debbie will back me up that you know that's one of the functions ITA and the UTA is to do some training. And there's nothing I don't think mandated, but you know, for example, assessor has to have a certain level of training, and uh, and you know, I, training is the answer to a lot of things. Mm-hmm. And actually, we are a proponent of mandated training. Um, you know, with certain parameters, we'd like to see everyone have to be required to get some continuing ed hours each year, um, or at least at the beginning of their term so that they are off on a good foot. I think I have a question for Debbie. Um, I'm not familiar with this. Uh, What kind of transparency are you going to be looking at with the record keeping and some of the other things with this new bill? This bill really does not get too much into transparency. We were at the forefront of supporting legislation several years ago uh, related to transparency. And we always believe that townships were the most transparent of all because each year we we have to publish our annual financial report in the newspaper. No one else has to do that. And it includes a list of every vendor to to whom we have paid money that particular year. That's pretty transparent as far as where the money's going. Along with Debbie on that, uh, like township assistants, I deliberately do my report in such a way that no name that actually received township assistance shows up on that report. Mm-hmm. And I think that's appropriate. I think the one thing that uh, is important, I, because uh, there's different places within Indiana on population densities and what we see. Uh, here in Monroe County, we have, you know, uh, some of these townships are like 44,000. What you see in some of these areas, though, they don't necessarily put their budgets. They may put it in the newspaper, and nothing gets new newspapers, Bob. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> but sometimes they don't see that, and it's actually printed in, in such a manner as people don't read it, per se. A lot of people actually go ahead and do it by device now, either on computer or actually on, on their phones. Um, in areas, I have a brother-in-law that's actually involved in township um, uh, a board, actually not a board, but a, uh, assistance on EMTs up in northern Indiana, and there's actually issues on how big, a go- how how many people should you have to be able to support a government, because you have places between uh, northwest Indiana and Lafayette that there's more windmills than there's people in some of those areas, and how the th- the changes are going to be coming up in the future. It's going to be even more so. Mm-hmm. All right, we're going to take a short break. We're talking about townships and a, a bill in the Indiana General Assembly that would eliminate roughly one-third of the townships in the state of Indiana. If you have a question or a comment, give us a call at 812-855-0811 in Bloomington or toll-free at 1-877-285-9348 outside of the Bloomington area. And you can follow us on Twitter at Noon Edition. We'll be right back. the Milton Metz studio at IU's Radio TV building, this is Noon Edition on WFIU. Production support comes from Smithville Fiber, online at smithville.com, and IU School of Public Health Bloomington, online at publichealth.indiana.edu. WFIU News covers South Central Indiana and the state throughout the day at WFIUNews.org and on Twitter at WFIUNews. You can watch unfiltered video of breaking stories on Facebook Live. And you can get a digest of all the day's top stories delivered to your inbox each afternoon. It's a free and easy way to stay on top of the headlines, plus the in-depth audio, video, and print news stories you can't find anywhere else. Subscribe right now at WFIUNews.org.
We really need to look at how, uh, what Indiana's gonna look like in five, 10, 15, 20 years. Um, I think it gives us an opportunity to uh, show that we can adapt to change. Um, you know, there, change is going to happen regardless. And so as, the, uh, as people move to, to the, uh, the more urbanized areas in those regions and, and it gets uh, to be a bigger challenge in the isolated rural areas, uh, things like consolidation can, can help uh, townships and counties and, and sometimes cities uh, work together to uh, you know, take on their, th those challenges uh, a little bit better. That was a clip from uh, Ask the Mayor, that, from Greg Goodnight, who's the mayor of Kokomo, talking about you know, his views on consolidating some of these smaller townships in Indiana. We're uh, talking about uh, consolidating townships. We have three guests. Debbie Driscoll is the executive director of the Indiana Township Association. Frank Nierwicki is clinical assistant professor at the IU School of Public and Environmental Affairs, and Roger Daniel is the Clay Township trustee from Owen County. If you have questions or comments, give us a call at 812-855-0811 or toll free at 1-877-285-9348. You can send us questions for the show, news at indianapublicmedia.org, and you can follow us on Twitter at Noon Edition. And before the break, we were talking a little bit about just qualified folks in these positions and training. And I know something we've reported on, and I'm sure you have too, Bob, would be uh, trustees who have misappropriated funds. So how much oversight is there of trustees, and does this bill do anything to address that? Uh, it doesn't address that per se, but uh, personally— the way the structure is set up, and if we do our appropriations and then our end-of-year report correctly, and uh, unless you're real creative, uh, there's people looking at it, and uh, and it's, you're going to get caught. I mean, it don't make sense. However, in defense of the trustees, we've had some bad apples. But uh, county auditors has really had a problem in Owen County and Moreau County, and, and there's others, too. Uh, and, and I personally... You know, I, I can't believe anybody think they get by with it. And, and sooner or later, you're going to get caught. I, I really think that. One, one of the problems we have when we have elected officials is that the U.S. Constitution only gives age and residency issues about, you know, being able to, to run for an office. So if you do pre-qualifications, there might be some people in Washington, D.C. may not actually fit those qualifications now. That, that's supposed to be a joke. I don't... <laughs> But, but 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 part of it, comes, yeah, but part of that comes down to um, the staff. If you actually uh, uh, have the elected official, I think maybe you could have requirements for the staff that works for you to have certain types of training and educational background to be able to do that. There could be bonding and some other issues involved as well. In fact, we testified. Our association yeah. testified um, just a few years ago in favor of implementing internal controls for townships and other local governments. And I believe this goes a long way to prevention of fraud in that um, pretty much you have to have two sets of eyes looking at every transaction. Mm -hmm. So without collusion, it would be difficult to, you know, continue on that path. Debbie, I was interested in, in some of the comments that you were making uh, at the very beginning of the show about some of the other things in this bill besides mm -hmm. the, the merging. Uh, mm -hmm. One was the capital improvement uh, requirement. Can you talk a little yes. bit more about that? Yes. One of the things that townships has been, have been criticized for is having high cash balances. Well, traditionally, townships have paid cash for capital improvements and capital purchases. And so a lot of townships would report that they are saving just for that purpose. Um, others might just be saving just in case something goes wrong, and others might just be saving. And um, so we put forth the idea that there be a requirement for a capital improvement plan if your um, operating balance is at a certain level so that and getting back to transparency, this will allow your constituents to understand why you are holding on to the money, whether it's to build a building or purchase a, a, a new piece of equipment 
for your fire station or whatever it might be, it needs to be in that capital improvement plan. Okay, I think we should go to the phones next. We have Charlotte from Bloomington who has a question. Go ahead, Charlotte. Yes, I've been a county commissioner, and I have served as a judge on township uh, trustee decisions, and I think as a result we got some some countywide guidelines for dealing with issues. That was a long time ago, so I'm surprised that that's in the bill. But But one of the things that concerns me that was mentioned just shortly ago was the consolidation issue and, you know, making it more efficient. I think that in many, as we look at the opioid situation and so forth, in many of the counties that are around here, uh, people feel isolated and, and a loss of community. And I think the township trustees actually bring government right to the people, and they create a sense of community. And I, I think losing that would be just another blow to many people who already feel dis- disenfranchised. So I wonder how you would respond to that consideration. Thank you. Thanks, Charlotte. Frank? Well, thank you, Charlotte. Um, The issue on on being close to the people is one of the things the local government is supposed to be able to do. Uh, The problem is how we pay for the bills on this. Um, And I'm all for to actually have the government at the people at the local level. But things will be changing, and I, I, I just think that for a number of people, change is very scary, and they don't know how to actually handle change. Yeah, uh, Charlotte, uh, I appreciate your comment. That, that was very to the point, and uh, we already used the county commissioners as the appeals board for my township assistant if somebody objects to the way I do it. So, uh, you know, that's been around for a good while. but. I, I think that's the big issue. We've got to keep the government small so the people and, – and maybe we need to do a better job of promoting what we can do for them. And, and, and in other words, so they know that they live in Clay Township. Mm-hmm. And but I appreciate her thoughts. If she was very good. Debbie, along that, that question, I mean, same question for you. But I, I also – if you could add, how did the 1,200 number come up? How was that decided as a, as a good cutoff place? That I really cannot give you a direct answer to in that that is the place we said no more. Um, Basically in the negotiation for the number. I believe that the those that were behind the bill and um, negotiating through Representative Zimke with us believed that we needed to reduce the number of elected officials by approximately a third. They, they believe that we simply have too many units of government. And if you look at efficiencies, not just in what a township trustee is expending, but in the state's resources to audit, to pre, you know, approve budgets, the, the personnel from the state that have to oversee those functions, that would reduce the number of units for which they're responsible. And, um, you know, furthermore, when you talk about efficiencies and wanting your people to be trained, it would be fewer, you know, fewer trustees that would have to expend what is necessary of their resources, their time, in order to uh, perhaps travel for training. Debbie, have you seen numbers in terms of financial savings? No, in fact, the um, the fiscal report on the bill is actually pretty vague, and that is that is really taken apart by people that are a lot smarter than me, and um, it still remains quite vague. There are there are potential savings, um, some of which I just mentioned in that the um, the DLGF, the Department of Local Government Finance, who helps us with our budgets and our finances, um, may or may not have to have more staff to help with the merging, but post-merging, it should decrease the resources necessary from that department. Same goes with the State Board of Accounts that's responsible for auditing us. And Roger probably would agree with this, that 
we used to be audited every couple of years, and now sometimes we go four or five years without having someone examine our books, which is kind of frustrating for us. It's been five years on mine. Yeah. It's, It's kind of frustrating because if you're doing something incorrectly, not intentional necessarily, but incorrectly, you'd like to know before you're five years down the road, right? And that's part of the reduction of state employees. That's right. Yeah. And so with the reduction of units of government, that um, may help those departments. That's how I'm reading um, you know, the fiscal report. That, that's where I assume the big saving was going to be at the uh, state level. However, I think it's money well spent because it's, you know, uh, I think they need to work a little harder on the training of their people. They have problems, I think, you know, keeping good people. And some of them, by the way, are real good, dedicated people I've dealt with. And uh, and sideline on that, something we should have mentioned earlier ago, there is a state called training or a meeting that uh, they do it in five different regions, I believe. For example, I'll be going to one February the 8th and Vincennes. It's called for, it's a meeting called for the trustees and advisory board members. And so that's their help to try to answer questions. And and at that time of the year, they're also helping anybody needs help with the end of year report. Mm-hmm. And uh, so there is, you know, some training coming to the state. And uh, I, I think it's money well spent. I, I, we are a large group, 1,005, or I had 1,004 down. So it is a large group. Roger, how, how long have you been a trustee? I just, I'm just going into my fourth year. Your I'm fourth first year. term. Okay. Wife has been a, a board member for probably 16, 20 years. Mm-hmm. And uh, my board, uh, one of them is definitely uh, close to 30 years on the board. Mm-hmm. And I've been in but I could not be a trustee or elected official because I was federally employed. And so I've dealt with that and uh, good and bad with previous trustees. Mm -hmm. And so I've, you know, very close to that. And years ago, I learned a lot of stuff. We were needing money for the fire department. And the state was telling us, go to your trustee. And the trustee says, I ain't got any money. Mm -hmm. And I learned how you go, where that money can be acquired. I mean, it's called borrowing, but... uh, you know, I've learned a lot over the years. Yeah, and that, that was one of the things I wanted to ask you about is, you know, from your experience and how's the, how's the job changed over the years? What are you seeing now that maybe you weren't seeing in your first year? Well, like she mentioned, the internal control. We're doing several things. I mean, they're required that we have a written uh, procedure on a lot of things. And this is coming. And, and, and the ITA has been involved in that, I'm certain. In fact, a lot of our samples have come in that direction. But uh, the internal control, uh, you know, has been a big change. Uh, I'm a one person, I mean, in a sense, uh, I, I do everything. My, uh, my clerk does not sign a check, does not process anything. However, I meet with them quarterly. I let my board do my audit, and, uh, and it's, it's totally open. And uh, in, in other words, they can double check, and, and they're welcome to see any receipts. Uh, any time, but uh, <clears throat> in other words, the board, in my opinion, is my person I need to first satisfy. <laughs> right. Well, the the one thing on this too is that uh, you're supposed to be filing re- these reports, um, and if you don't file the reports, what's going to happen? What kind of enforcement mechanism is there going to be? You know, we were talking about the audits and the lack of of oversight on on those uh, guidance and oversight on those budget issues, uh, there's a responsibility that goes both ways on this. If, if there is a bad apple like you're talking about in a township somewhere, or if they just don't know they need to do it, even though they go to the training. So what happens uh, if they don't? Well, there's supposedly, you know, legal action the state can take. And by the way, that's an interesting thing. I took and looked up all the trustees in the year report for last year. And lo and behold, one's never filed theirs. Mm-hmm. And I, I'm surprised. I, I, she'd lost her husband some time back. So maybe there's an issue, but it's not at least on the website. And, uh, and she's an awful sweet lady. I think she's 80 years old. And I will be talking to her and see if I can help her correct that. Mm-hmm. If it's, It may be just a website error. But, uh, uh, you know, sometimes they're real reluctant 
at the state to do anything, and Debbie probably can help me on that. And, and they, they're not too good at uh, really pushing that because it gets to be kind of a considered political, I think, or a little bit. Yes. <laughs> well, in, in, the past, in the past several years, we have stood up and encouraged legislation that put a little bit more teeth in some of the report filing requirements so that our budgets can be held up um, while those reports, you know, are filed properly. Mm-hmm. Even so much as if you do not file your township assistance standards and guidelines with the county commissioners annually and show that you have done that, you can risk not getting your budget approved for the next year. Did that legislation or or has there been other legislation in recent years that has passed that has um, put more restrictions or, or rules on these townships? Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, and and but, we've supported those. I'm just wondering with this one, though, Debbie, when you were talking about even just the financial impact of it and, you know, the numbers are, are vague, um, why put forth a, a bill that sort of sets these what what appear to be sort of arbitrary numbers, this 1,200 figure, if maybe we didn't have the, the data to back it up? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, can you respond to that? Is that, is that, is that a fair assessment that maybe we... Um, our, well, our place in that, as far as our association's place in that, was um, basically negotiating the lowest um, number possible um, because we want to see how this works and um, felt that 2,500 was certainly too many townships to be impacted. So the suggested numbers came from legislators. All right. Let me give you our phone numbers again in case you want to join our conversation today. We have about 10 minutes to go in the program, 812-855-0811 or toll-free at 1-877-285-9348. You can also email us questions for the show at news at indianapublicmedia.org or you can follow us on Twitter at Noon Edition. You know, this has been an issue for quite a long time, really. I mean, the the it's not just township government; it's all of Indiana's government structure. The the uh, Kernan Shepard report from with uh, former Governor Joe Kernan, former former Supreme Court uh, Chief Justice uh, Randy Shepard recommend made a, a number of recommendation recommendations about how to streamline Indiana government. Very few of them have really taken effect. Um, townships was one of their one, one of the areas they were looking at, um, you know, there are 92 counties in the state of Indiana, which is a lot of counties and a lot of county government. Uh, and then you have 1,005 townships on top of that. Um, why is it so difficult to change? Can any of you give me some insights? Why is it so difficult to change the structure of county government in Indiana? Is it that it's the perfect system, or is you want the honest answer on yes. this? I want the honest answer, Frank. It's political. <laughs> I was afraid of that. Hey, by, <laughs> by the way, on this thing, there is a township in I think Lawrence County. It tried has been trying to merge for over a year, and I, I talked to him at the uh, legislature conference uh, back in September, and uh, he's at. So at that time, about $15,000 expenditure, and, and they still hadn't got it merged. And in other words, both townships agreeable. And I don't have a problem if they feel like that's the way to go, mm-hmm. and, and the people will support them, then that's the way to go. But at that time, at least the state wasn't ready. A lot of the problems had repeated hearings, and uh, hopefully, if this does pass, and I'd like the word mandated taken out, but... Uh, and hopefully they will do something to streamline it because there is a cost related to this. And, and it may be antiquated, the township trustee, but I really think the basic structure is sound. And, uh, and maybe we as trustee need to get more involved in our community. Well, you went from the Kernan report where it went from 1008 to 1005. That's a really strong movement uh, I see there, but uh, the one I re- remember and actually use in my classroom is Zionsville is actually the uh, 
uh, consolidation of township around Zionsville actually becoming part of the city. I think part of this, from a political perspective, is is you're losing um, uh, maybe one town, maybe one part political party, and the township maybe leaning another way. They don't want to be told by those crazy people in the other jurisdiction what to do. Um, also. This is tradition. I mean, this has been around for a long time. A lot of people have fond memories of it. They could tell you stories where their grandparents were actually helped by a township trustee, which is true. Isn't the division of responsibilities different? Not re- Between? When you were talking about the, the city of Zionsville versus the township, I mean, is there really that much overlap in terms of responsibilities? The, the city of Zionsville had to, in their merger agreement, they used a different merger statute than what we're talking yeah, about today. But, that's true. Um, in their deal, they had to put in their agreement that they will continue to provide the services currently provided by the township. In other words, township assistance then falls to the city. Um, so that that is a a kind of a different way of doing things as far as merging with a city or a town rather than another township. And originally they also said uh, counties could as well. Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, this is an interesting point, and that was a point that was brought up at the legislature meeting the individual mentioned, and, and not to pick at Debbie, she's in a very large township, I'm going to say 38,000, seemed like I've seen, but anyhow, a large number, but a lot of her territory I think is in Fisher and and I question like in the middle of Annapolis why we still have townships and some of the township governments uh, around Annapolis have a very large you know a township assistant money and some other parts of state but where a town totally absorbs a township you know I question you know why, why, why we haven't merged those because it makes more sense however uh, at least in towns, they don't deal with uh, township assistance, that kind of services. Mm-hmm. They deal with street police and, you know, the structure of a town. So there's a, there's definitely a difference. There There is actually no overlap. It's just, uh, you know, additional services. Maybe the fire departments might be an overlap in some cases. Debbie, you want to respond to that? Well, um, I don't, as far as the fire department's overlap, actually it's very distinct. If, um, if the fire department or the fire protection is charged to cities, towns, and townships, but the townships do not provide protection within the incorporated limits. So um, there should be no overlap. Um, everyone should be taking care of their own part. Yeah, I was referring that they a lot of times have contractual agreements. I mean, it's uh, it, it can't yeah. happen. Uh, oh, it's felt. Okay. And it, if I could make a defense for Marion County trustees. Sure. Good luck. It's amazing some of the programs that they have to help impoverished people, yep. people that need education in order to get employment. Um, they they go to great lengths to deliver that that part of their duty um, to care for people. And they, I know one township in particular on the west side of Indianapolis, um, Trustee Andy Harris, responds to every um, traumatic incident in his township. He has a fire department. He responds to every possible place where someone might need him. He personally, he does have a team, but he's part of the team and goes out. And um, they are in the schools teaching uh, fire prevention and and how to survive in a fire situation. And um, in addition to that, they have plenty of programs for um, those that are less fortunate than we. Well, I think that's, that's really a great program. I think it kind of looks at... Um, some of the outer lying uh, townships in Marion County is one thing. What about Center Township? I believe Center Township would probably fit in the same boat. They are dealing with a great homeless population. Uh, uh, you know, they deal with hunger issues. They deal with getting uh, medical care to people that um, otherwise wouldn't be receiving that. I mean, the list goes on. 
And uh, historically, they've actually mm-hmm. been uh, a target of a lot of investigative reports and some other things in that's the past. That's true, and and I I believe that's about the player and and not about the position. Getting the right players in is key. Let me ask one final final question. We've got, we have just two minutes to go and I I want to give uh, Debbie the first shot at it and then then Frank and then Roger. Uh, On this bill, 1005, um, Debbie, why should Hoosiers support it or not support it? Well, in, in the last 16 or more years, we have faced attempt after attempt to dismantle township government. And with this bill, although there is restructuring through the consolidation, every Hoosier will still have a township trustee, and every Hoosier will still have a township board that brings local control and local decisions. Okay. Thank you. Frank? Well, I'm encouraged. I think, you know, this is a trial, uh, it looks like, and and negotiations between... ITE, the Indiana uh, Township uh, uh, ITA, I guess, I'm sorry, Association, uh, and the General Assembly, I think is a step in the right direction. And I'm also very uh, positive about hearing on what the training and some of the accountability that Debbie and some other people are trying to get into township government. All right, Roger, last word. You got about 30 seconds. Okay, I uh, mention one thing. The UTA, which is the United Trustee Association, is passing a uh, petition to help stop it. They are against it. Uh, and I don't think the ITA membership itself had very good input in on this. Uh, the main thing I'm against is the mandated part of it because some of them definitely make uh, good sense that maybe some of them should join. All right. And we are out of time. Thank you all very much for this conversation today. I think it's an interesting issue, and we're happy that you were here. I want to thank our guests, Debbie Driscoll, uh, Frank Nierwicki, and Roger Daniel. And for today's producer, Sophia Salaby, for Sarah Whitmire, and for our engineer, Mike Pashkash, I'm Bob Zaltzberg. Thanks for listening. Edition is a production of WFIU and the Herald Times. A podcast of this and other WFIU programs is available at WFIU.org. Production support comes from School of Public Health Bloomington. Public Health Reimagined, addressing 21st century health challenges with a multidisciplinary approach to disease prevention, health promotion, and enhancing quality of life. Publichealth.indiana.edu. And Smithville Fiber, the Gigacity Company. Fiber Internet, HD, and digital IPTV in southern Indiana. More information at smithville.com.